I heard one. Good evening. <laughs> you are out there. We just welcome you. I'm excited. Are you excited? God is so good, and he is love. Amen. So let's just uh, begin this awesome night with worshiping our king, because he is worthy. Amen. Sorry, we have having technical difficulties. Oh 
God.
for the first time It's like I'm living for the first time I'm finally living for the first time It's like I'm living for the first time I'm finally living for the first time It's like I'm living for the first time I'm finally living for the first time It's like I'm living for the first time forever with you forever 
right here just a moment you know Josiah Josiah's my grandson and and we would say Josiah do you know how much Mimi and Papa love you and he'd go this much and we'd say no more and he'd go this much and we go no more and he'd go this much and we go no even more he'd go this much <laughs> and we go no even more he said, that's a lot of love. Our Father loves you with a lot of love. This much? No, even more. This much? No, even more. This much? No, even more. This much? I heard him say, no, even more. You know what we got to say? That's a lot of love. That's a lot of love. He wants us to come closer. I want, you to, I want you to know tonight that God's not upset with you. He's not mad with you. He wants us to come closer. He said, come closer, come closer, come closer. So even as the worship team continues to minister, I want us to get to a place where we come closer. Let's put aside everything else and say, God, you love us this much? No, even more than that. Put aside everything else and say, you love me this much? No, even more than that. He loves you greater than you can even think, greater than you even love yourself. And somebody say, that's a lot of love. That's a lot of love. Tell somebody, that's a lot of love. And he loves you and he cares for you. And you are amazing in his sight. So I just got tickled. I just started laughing a little bit when he was like, pulled me a little closer because after we would do that then Josiah would give us a great big hug and he'd get close how many needs a hug from the Lord tonight amen how many needs a hug from your father tonight so let's just step into that place of intimacy with him tonight let's just step into that place where, where you just allow him to love you you are worthy you are more than a conqueror you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me how many of you know there's nothing that you can do that can separate you from the love of God? You might have messed up, but I'm here to tell you, His love will cover that. His love from the cross covered the multitude of sins. His love from, from the cross as the blood was shed covered those things. So let's step into God's love tonight. 
See, he's wanting to know who we are and who we're going to learn who we are in him. And we've got to know how loved you are right now by our Father. So just put your hand on your heart just now this moment and just begin to receive this love. Just begin to receive this love. Begin to receive this love right now from him. Just receive that love. We declare that you'll have an encounter of God's love, that he'll mess you up with his love.
Just go a little deeper tonight. You want to? Let's go a little bit deeper tonight. Are you guys ready to go deeper tonight? Let's put aside some stuff and let's just begin to go a little bit deeper tonight. Can we do that? So tonight we're going to just kind of kick off a little sonship conference we've got tonight. So let's give the Lord some praise in the house. First of all, as we're thankful for the opportunity to be inside tonight. Amen. Amen. Take a, let's just let's take a two minutes and just meet somebody around you and tell them God bless you. We're glad you're here tonight. We're going to get ready to go a little deeper with the things of the Lord tonight. Amen.
Hallelujah. Well, you guys go ahead and grab your seats. We're going to get right into what God's got tonight. Um, we're trying to look for Pastor Shelley. Where she's at? Where's she at? She's Terry. She's right back there, coming down this aisle. Terry Warren has a question for you, honey. Well, if you got somebody sitting next to you, tell them we're glad you're here. Got somebody, got, I see a couple coats out, and we're going to, I'm sure we'll take a look at the air conditioning. Isn't it great to have a building that we're inside? <laughs> Amen. Dixie's over there all covered up. She's a, if anybody needs a blanket, there's one right up here. Shelly's like, you need that blanket? I'll keep you warm, honey. Don't you worry about that. 1 John chapter 1, um, real quick, you know, today, what are we doing? What, what, what is all this about? I think what we've done is we've experienced that there has been, um, there's been a lack of identity, understanding who we are as a people, understanding who we are as believers and followers of Christ. Are we, are we servants? Are we saints? Are we sons? I mean, are we good? Are we bad? And, and how that affects our relationship. So there's really been some things that we've been going through over the past, uh, I'd, say, I'd say, probably 12 to 18 months. And there's been a shifting that's taking place. See, what we want to do is we declare over you what God calls you and who you are. We declare over you what the Word of God says about you. And, um, and there's a couple places in, in John 1.12, he also talks about being a, a child of the Most High God, that we are children of the Most High God. Say, I'm a child. Come on, I'm a child of who? Of the Most High God, of, of our Father. I tell you what, when we understand who we are in Him, uh, this past Sunday I asked you, I said, I want you to meditate on this. Which would you rather hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord, or would you rather hear... This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So I hope that's still resonating within you. In Romans chapter 8, he also calls us that we are children of God or sons of God. There is a process of sonship, and it's called the weothesia. And it is a moving from an a infant to a toddler to a teenager to a mature adult. Can I get an Amen. Although you may be 60 or 70 years old, you may not be a mature person in the spirit. I know some people that are 40 or 50 years old and they've just come to Christ and their maturity level in the spirit is what we would call a nepios, would be a baby. And then I know some of them that, that, are, that are 20 years old and their, their maturity in the spirit is probably a paedion or technon or even close to a weos. When Jesus was called a child of the Most High God in the manger, it was a nepios, the small infant baby. That's the Greek word for child of God. And then when he went to the cross, it was called weos. He was full grown, full mature. So Jesus himself grew in wisdom and in stature, right? So he went through a process when he went to the cross, he was mature. Say mature. So what we're understanding is we're saying, who are we and what is our identity and what are we really like? 
And what, am I, what about me as an individual? When I come to Christ, where am I at? How does God view me? How does He see me? What are the things that I have to see? And, we, and the men's meeting this morning, I want to thank the guys for coming out and, and being part of that. I, I really got some revelation this morning because it was like we were talking face-to-face. And Darren said, when we're talking face-to-face to God, it's not like us looking at each other like Pastor Shelley. Now that you're nice and comfortable of us looking face to face this way. He actually said when we're face to face with God is that we're cheek to cheek. Okay, now now think about this. Because now she can see what I see. If I turn my head this way, she can see you guys, right? If I turn it now, she can see what I see. Don't you want to see what God sees? So a lot of times we think when we're face to face, come with me, sweetheart, turn with me. When we're face, no. When we're face to face, I can't, she can't see what I'm looking at. She can't see me looking at Lenny. She can't see me, are you looking at Bobby? Because we're face to face. So a lot of times it's like, I, I, today when, this was a revelation for me. I was like, wow. Now I love looking at you face to face. And I think that's a special time, amen? But I, thank you, sweetheart. Now you can get warmed, warmed up, amen? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and give her some praise. I want to give you a hand clap of praise. We got some excited people in here tonight, Amen. So he says we're children of the Most High God. We're sons and daughters. If you want to call yourself a daughter of the Most High God, that's okay. Women, if, if, if I'm okay with being a bride of Christ, you can be okay with being a son of God. Come on. Are you with me? So, the, so we are sons and daughters of God. So we want to know. We want to shift some things. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get something. I want to come and get something. Amen. But before we do, I want to, Joanna, there she is. Hey, Joanna Palmer's in the house. We bless you. She's going to sing to us and minister in song. Amen? All right, let's give her a hand of praise. Johnny and PJ, we thank you guys for coming from uh, Derby, Kansas. And many of you know Johnny and PJ. Augustine and Eunice send their love. They were unable to be able to come, but they send their love. And, and some of you may like, well, who is that? That, that? that is Eunice and Augustine's niece, Johnny and PJ's daughter. Amen? So will you minister to us?
Come on, come on, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise in your house. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say you're royalty. Come on, tell him, say, neighbor, if you knew who you were sitting next to, you'd want to sit next to me. You ought to be honored to sit next to me. Come on, tell him, you ought to be honored to sit next to me. Yeah, because I'm royalty. Come on, we got any royal folk in the house tonight? We got any children of the Most High God? We got any sons and daughters of the Most High God? Come on, somebody. We got somebody that's willing to rule and reign. We got somebody that says, I receive the inheritance that Jesus has for me. And I'm going to walk in that inheritance tonight. We got somebody that says, no, no, no weapon formed against me shall prosper because I'm a child of the Most High God. We got anybody tonight that says, you know what? I'm an overcomer and I can walk through some stuff. And that no matter what the enemy throws at me, I'm just going to continue to keep going. I'm going to go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't stop. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't stop. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't stop. Go ahead. Go ahead. There was a song by Ron Canola years ago, and it was like, if you catch hell, don't hold it. If you're going through hell, don't stop. You go ahead. How many of you know children of God? Go ahead. Amen. We go ahead. Well, we are honored tonight. We, are, we got Darren and Sheila in the house with us tonight, and we are so blessed to have them. And we are honored and excited about what God is going to do tonight. But I, I told Darren, I said, I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you real fast. So we're going to turn it over and give it to him. Darren and Sheila Bagley, they were, they were pastoring at God's house in Atoka. They have the ministry of uh, Branded by God. Many of you have been even to the youth camps and stuff. But um, they've turned over the church to a, to a spiritual son that they have there now. And they're just full-time with Branded by God and doing what God has for them. And we need to give them a great big warm Woodward welcome for, for Darren and Sheila Bagley. And we're glad to have them in the house tonight. Bless you, brother. Bless you. It's up to you, baby. Man, I, you can be seated. Thank you. I was kind of like, I don't know why I'm here. I just sit here and listen to him preach. I also have a spiritual son and daughter, Mark and Kayla, are with us tonight. So, come here, Mark. I want to show you something. Just stand right there. I, I want you to. Sh I want to show you this. If me and him was wrestling, okay, 
Now, think of the picture where Jacob was wrestling with an angel. And they were wrestling face to face. See a difference? See, they're face to face, but when you got him close, he said, let me go. And he said, no. Now, it makes sense when you hear the scripture where it says you can't see God's face and live. Are you with me? It's the same thing with Moses when he hid Moses in the cleft of the rock. And then he passed by. What did he see? He saw, what, God's backside. What was he seeing? He was seeing where God was going, not where God had been. So, just a little bit of, God kind of started showing me some things, and I was, because uh, we've been in a real tough season, and I talked to the men about it this morning. It's been a season of not knowing some things, and Hemi knows when you don't know, it challenges you to believe and trust. That's the hardest thing with God, isn't it? We're talking about tests and some things, but I, I was preaching one night, and I told Sheila, I said, I, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I have to get into my persona, and when I get into my, my persona, then I can figure out what's going on, because the Spirit's talking and not me. You know what I'm talking about? And so I was in, in the middle of this, and I'm preaching, and I'm actually preaching what I'm going through. And, and this is what I heard. As I'm preaching, I said, you know, when you hear God's voice, you still have a choice. But if you're going to see what he sees face to face, that's a place. It's a whole different level, a whole different maturity with God. Even sinners hear God's voice. But they don't see what God sees. Come on, are you with me? And he's so maturing the body of Christ. We, you know, we're talking about sonship. We're talking about identity. And there's a word in the Bible, and Eric was talking about this, Pastor Eric, where he's talking about <clears throat> maturity and adoption. But there's a word in there that it actually is a word that means maturity. When he's talking about adopting you in, that word actually means it already belongs to you. You just need to claim what's already yours. In other words, it doesn't mean that what God has and then you're adopted into what God has. What he's really saying is it's always been yours. You just didn't know it. Come on, did you? It's always been yours. But it takes a maturity for you to understand that it belongs to you for you to receive it. In other words, you may have a great uncle that's multimillionaire and you not know it. How many knows he ain't going to do you no good? And so tonight we want to go a little bit. I want to, I want to talk about identity and... and um, Sonship, and so we'll kind of shift and and just do what God wants to do, right? So sometimes I just have to do it this way. I heard God say, don't second-guess yourself in this season. That he's doing something so deep on the inside of you. It's almost scared you at times. And God says, don't second-guess it, it's me. It's me. He's not going to let you stay in that place and even your family in the place of just being comfortable. There's too much that's in you. And he's pulling on some strings of your heart and some emotions. It's almost, you've been almost afraid to let him awaken it that deep. And God says, oh no, I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper. There's some things that he's doing in you in this season that's setting your life for the next 20 years. So God says, don't second guess yourself. It's me working in you. It's me working in your family. And what looks like is going one way, God says, watch how I turn it around and set it in place for your future. 
So, Father, I just release the word of the Lord over her life, over her family. I bless them. And I say, let increase be their portion. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Sir, would you come? I heard this over you. This is a season of your life that God is rearranging and putting things in place. It's almost like I saw you looking, where do I fit? And it's a restoration season for you. There's some things that looks like that was lost. You know, nothing happens by accident. And, you know, Mark walked in the, in the parking lot and he found your credit card. And as soon as he picked it up and gave it to me, I looked at it and I knew it was yours. And so when I came in here and I was like, okay, God, nothing happens by accident. What are you saying? And he said, this is a season that looks like things that were lost are going to be restored to you. And they're going to be restored through sons and daughters. Not just physically, but spiritually. You're a father in the spirit. And God says, this is a season of restoring and putting back what looks like that you had lost. And God says it's going to come quickly. It's going to come very quickly. And there's going to be alignment with it. And I don't understand all this. But there is an alignment with this house. That opens an inheritance for you. God says it belongs to you. Even though you may not be here. At times God says you're going to have to come back here. Because there's an inheritance for you here. Because there's, there's some things that God has opened up that's resource for you. And so, Father, I just release this over his life. And, and I don't know if this was your son. Was it his son that was in the sound booth? Oh, his nephew. Okay. There's some things that God is doing with your nephew right now. And I don't know where he's at and what his plans are. But this is a word to him that God says he's settling some things for him in the direction for his life. It's almost like he's been in crisis trying to figure out some things. And I just heard God say, tell him just to chill out. He's got it. He's going to set it. He won't miss me. His heart is pure. He won't miss me. So, Father, I just release that over this family, and I bless them with the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Does that make sense? We'll, we'll move into some things. I want you to open the Bible with me so I can be legal. Matthew chapter 4. I want to talk about identity tonight, and very familiar passages, but when we're talking about sonship, I talked about this this morning, and it's a verse I always use when we talk about sonship, and it's because it's, it's the premise of where I've received everything from identity, and it's where Father opened the heavens and spoke over Jesus and said, this is my mighty prophet in whom I'm well pleased. No? Apostle? Teacher? Now, what do he say? Son, let me ask you a question. Do you think the enemy heard that? I bet he did, didn't he? So here, <clears throat> Father speaks over him. He hasn't done any miracles. He hasn't raised the dead. He hadn't done any great things yet. But God is celebrating him with a thundering voice from heaven. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And we talked a little bit about that this morning. When, when you have a child, you don't go to the hospital and look at the child and say, I can't wait till that child gets 15 years old so he can bring me the remote control so I can watch football. No, you go and celebrate, and what are you celebrating? He looks like you. You know, the first thing you do is, he's got my ears. He's got my nose, you know. 
You're celebrating because that child, understand that's how God sees you. See, we have a wrong perspective of how God sees us. We think God sees us after our mistakes. Do you know he can't? He sees you through the blood. He always sees you through Jesus. That's why you'll see prophets come to a church and they'll pull somebody out and you're thinking, oh, they're fixing to get it. I know it. They're going, man, this prophet's about to hammer them. And they get the most incredible word you've ever heard. You're like, you know why? You know what a prophet's job is? It's to reveal the secrets of men's hearts. Guess what? Your sin's not a secret. It's the greatness that's in you that they pull out and give you a glimpse. That's what that prophetic gift is for. It gives you a glimpse of your future and how God sees you. And see, we're so hard on ourselves. We, a lot of times we think God sees us after our behavior. Do you know I don't love my kids after their behavior? I might not like their behavior sometimes, but that's not what I love my kids because they're my kids. Now, I may have to deal with their behavior, but it doesn't change my love for them. Now, listen, it's not my message, so God must be dealing with some of y'all. You see, if, that, if, if that's your mindset, you'll always have a wrong perspective of God. Let, let's go here first, okay? And I was talking a little bit about this today where God's really been teaching me through this on the Trinity. Okay? How many knows there's, there's three distinct personalities of God? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you know we have a wrong idea? Everybody loves Jesus. Right? Why? He died for us. He went to hell for us. Shed his blood for us. How do you get mad at Jesus? Right? Now, the church is embracing more of Holy Spirit because, you know, it's, it's the power, it's the gifts, it's the anointing. But most of us don't like Father. We got big issues with Father. Why? Father, you know, he's the one that's going to barbecue us. We mess up. He's going to judge us someday. So, you know, he's just waiting for to judge us. Right? And we've got disappointments with our earthly fathers. We've got disappointments with authorities. I mean, come on, i got people that come into my office when I was a pastor. They're already scared to death coming into my office. I'm like, I ain't done nothing. Why are you scared of me? I don't know. You're intimidating. Now, a lot of it is they got a father wound. They got a hurt there, and they don't realize it's coming out with any authority in their life. But let, let me show you this. Let me show you how the Trinity operates and works. It's amazing. You can see this in the roles of creation and redemption. It's like he shows us who he is and how he operates. In creation, you know what Father did? He's the planner. He's the architect. He had the plan for it. Jesus is the one that created everything. Not, all things that were created were created by him and for him. Come on, the word was made flesh. Nothing that was created wasn't created. It was created by him. Jesus created it. Y'all do know that, right? Y'all do read the Bible here, okay? And Holy Spirit puts everything in his place. He said, water, stay here. Don't come up over no further. Mountains. He puts everything in his place. Okay? That's in creation. Remember when the, the Spirit hovered over the waters? What about redemption? What is Father? Father is the giver. He's the lover. For God so loved, He gave His only. That's Father. So you have to understand, see, we have this idea that Father is this big bad judge. No, Father's a lover. So who gave you the Holy Spirit? Father. He said, go wait for the promise from my Father. 
See, we always talk about how Holy Spirit is the one that gives revelation, right? And He does. But in Matthew, when Jesus said, Who do men say that I am? Y'all remember that passage? And He said, You are the Christ. What did Jesus say? Flesh and blood didn't give this to you, but my Father. <gasps> Father wants to talk to you. Makes Him not so scary anymore. Not only that, but if He's the architect, who knows the destiny for your life? Who knows the purpose for your life? See, if you start seeing him as a lover, as a giver, as the one that holds your destiny, you don't want to get away from him. You want to get close to him. He's your protector. Did you know he's your provider? See, we don't understand that. But remember when Jesus said, look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. But my father takes care of them. How much more will he take care of you? Oh, it's not your responsibility to make a living. It's father's responsibility. You know why? You're in his kingdom. Did you know when you get born again and come into his kingdom and you have relationship and you understand who he is, did you know it's an embarrassment to him if you're not living to the standard he wants you to live? It's a bad reflection on him for you to say you're a Christian, you're always broke. Hello. Because to see how good the king is, you always have to look at the kingdom. Anybody knows that if you go to any, if you study any of the kings in, in, in their days, you know, how the people were treated determined how they saw the king. So you have to understand something. God is good. It's out there on your side. But if you see him wrong, guess what? It'll affect the blessings that already belong to you. Not because they're not yours. You just don't know how to claim them. You've not come into a maturity to understand that he wants you to have. We make inner vows. We make judgments upon ourselves. You know why? You're the hardest person on yourself. You really are. You'll beat yourself up with shame and guilt. And you'll say, well, I just don't deserve that. Well, you don't get something because you deserve it. I mean, my daughter, I mean, God blessed us incredibly with, with, a, with this house. And, and she just came. She said, you know, y'all just so deserve this. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't get this because we deserve it. We got this because our Father's good. When you know, you got to keep it in perspective. See, that's what he was telling his disciples. Remember when they went in? And they cast out the devils, and they come back so excited and said, man, the devils have got to listen to us. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't find your identity there. Find your identity that your name's in the book, that you belong to me. Come on, are you understand what I'm saying? If we don't watch it, we'll find our identity in what we're doing. Okay? Good or bad. Because you do something good, and you're like, whoo, daddy is proud of me. Look what I've done. But if you're like that, you'll be this way when you do bad. I've got to go away from daddy because I, you know, I wasn't good today. Come on, how many is it? Your, your kid always does that. No, you need to go and get them and celebrate them. Not what they do, but who they are. Are, are you with me? God wants you to understand that. That's, that's key in sonship. It's key in identity. And God wants us to know that we're a son and he celebrates us. He's pleased with you. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed with you.
Now, I know, you know, in the world we got this idea that, you know, if you'll use reverse psychology and yell at them and scream at them, they'll play better. They don't. You know what you're doing when you do that? You're dealing with a wound. And you hit a wound in them that may trigger something, but they resent you later for it. Because, you know, what you're doing, you're, you're tapping into something that tries to get them to do something for your approval. I mean, that's control. Well, that's not the way God operates. God don't want you to operate and do things just to get his approval. You already have his approval. He already knows the plans he has for you. He's already blessed you. He's already put you, you know, in, in, in heavenly places. It's already there. You're already, did you know your name's already in the book? Your name can be blotted out, but your name's already there. His will is none should perish. What does that mean? His will is, he made a choice, he already loved you. Now, whether you accept it or not, it's up to you, but he already made that choice. You can't change how he loves you. You, you can't get him to love you any more than what he loves you now. Watch this. If you're, if you're born again, you can't get any more righteous than you are right now. I mean, come on. What are you going to do that impresses God? I can see him looking down going, that's good little flesh creature. That's just awesome. That's amazing. You made a sandwich. You know, the things that we think he's so disappointed in, he's like, that's why my blood was shed for you. You know, there's so often, you know, I, 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 this freaked me out one time. I went to God. That should freak me out, okay? <clears throat> I said, God, you know, I did this, this, this. He said, what are you talking about? I'm like, wait a minute. When God speaks like that, I'm going, wait a minute. What, what do you mean what I'm talking about? I did this. Okay? He said, well, Darren, when you did it, you asked me to forgive you. I said, well, I know, but. He goes, no, there's not no buts. I have chosen to remove that from the east to the west. It doesn't even exist. And I'm still bringing it up months later, trying to get him to forgive me with what I've already. I'm beating myself up. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, how many people do that? And I did it for years. You know why? Because I had a sitting conscience. Y'all don't look over there. What do y'all just do? <laughs> what does that mean? Whatever you think about is what you gravitate towards. Come on, so if you're always being taught about sin, what are you thinking about? But if you think about his goodness and his righteousness, matter of fact, he tells you, think on these things. What's, on, what's pure? What's holy? See, you've got to learn the fight right here. It really is. You are your own worst enemy. Now, I'm not saying there's not demonic attacks out there, but even with a demonic attack, he gives you strategy of how to defeat those demonic attacks. How do you see it? How, what do you believe about it? God will turn it around. That's why you can pray for your enemies. You can bless those. Okay? So, turn with me to Matthew 4. Let's go into just a little bit for uh, um, identity here tonight. I love the translation that says, <clears throat> after this, the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Doesn't sound like a gentleman, does it? There's an aggressive side of the Holy Spirit. There's a comforting side, but there's an aggressive side. And he drives him into the wilderness, and when he gets in there, what does he do? He fasts for 40 days, right? 
So here comes the temptation. Everybody thinks he's hungry. He hasn't eaten. So the temptation is food. Did you know the temptation is not food? The temptation is his identity. The, num the, the number one thing that the enemy's after you in your life is identity. If he can get your identity, he has you. This issue is not about food. The issue is if you be the son of God. Is that right? Well, don't you think that the enemy heard who he was 40 days ago? He didn't come to him right after he got the word. Come on, y'all ever receive a prophetic word? Oh, man, I mean, you're just like, whoo. You heard what God said about me. About two weeks from then, all of a sudden, then the enemy shows up. Right? He ain't going to get you in the strength. He's going to come at you when you're weak. He's going to try to find your weakness, and then he's going to hit you. Hello? So here he comes in his weakness, and he says, if you be the son of God, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make turn this stone into bread. So it looks like he's hitting his weakness with food. But the issue is he's after his identity. You know what he's saying? Prove to me that you're who Father said you were. If you're really the son, then prove to me, do a miracle for me. Remember when King Herod, when Jesus came before King Herod, he was so excited. You're the king of the Jews. Show me a miracle. Jesus just like. Jesus did not have an identity crisis. See, if you've got to prove something to somebody, you don't know who you are. See, we're living in a society as everything was prove it to me. You know, I was discussing a situation with a person about the word, and they said, well, prove it. And I said, well, prove to me you're saved. How many knows he got real quiet? Why? Because you can't prove salvation. You've got to experience salvation. Come on, you can't prove that you've got a Holy Spirit. You've got to experience it. Say, well, I speak in tongues. Whoopee. There's lots of people speaking in tongues. Just because you speak in tongues don't mean it's God. I've heard some tongues that ain't God. See, really somebody gets born again, it happens from the inside out. The fruit of the Spirit is the proof. Are y'all out there? I had this dream. In this dream, I was, I, was, uh, I was back at my old house that I grew up in, and these demonic figures manifested in front of me, and I was in a chariot. And I'm standing in this chariot, you know, and these demonic figures there, and I'm thinking, man, where's my sword? You know, I'm going I'm to go to battle right now, okay? And I look down, and all is in the chariot is a bunch of fruit. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, I'm this warrior in a chariot. There ain't nothing in this chariot but fruit. I'm thinking, well, okay. So I pick up his fruit and I start chunking it at these demons. And I mean, as it's hitting them, it's like Wizard of Oz. It's like you pour acid on them. They just start going. I'm thinking, wow, give me another one. And I'm chunking these things to the point that, I mean, they just and disappeared. And then I start flying all over the place in this chariot. God was just taking me everywhere. Now, I woke up, and I'm not a real, real smart man, but I know Jenny told me the interpretation of that dream. I mean, it was real easy. It was God saying it's the fruit of the Spirit is how you overcome the things of the enemy. 
See, the good news in that, you get to practice his presence. So when you get angry at home, guess what? You just get to practice. When your wife makes you angry, you just get to practice. When your kids won't stop crying, you get to practice. See, the issue is when you get born again, the fruit comes with it. You say, well, I got an anger problem. No, you don't. You got a self-control that's in you that you need to let out. You already carry the answer before the problem ever exists. See, you don't have an anger problem, but if you believe you do, guess what? Anger's going to come out. But when you understand, wait a minute, I don't have to yield to that. I have self-control because when I got born again, that fruit of the Spirit came with it. I just need to find my self-control right now. I know it's there, God. Help me with this self-control so I don't freak out in anger. Are y'all with me? And I'm telling you, it's there, and it'll work. You get to practice it. If you don't pass the test, it keeps coming again. But see, that's why you need to find out your sonship and your identity because then it starts to show you what's available for you to use so that the, you don't keep falling to the same old thing. Are, are you with me? It's like this, get mad at me. She can't. You know why? It's a secondary emotion. I have to hurt her first. See, anger is a secondary emotion to hurt. If somebody hurts you, then you can get angry at them. But see, if you're carrying the fruit of a spirit called love, I mean, they can't hurt you. See, you've got to expect that that stuff's going to happen. And love is in there. What, what does love do? Always forgives. Never looks to its own. So guess what? It's there. So if you'll pull in and get it, it's there. So anger don't have no control over you. You know, people say, well, it was in his daddy and it was in his granddaddy and it's in him. No, it's in there because you choose to let it operate. But when you understand that when you got born again, you became a new creation and he come and lives on the inside of you, he brought the fruit with him. But if you don't know the fruits available, guess what? You're not eating it. You're not using it. Come on, y'all didn't get quiet. It's called practicing his presence. How many's ever wanted to say something back and you know you shouldn't? You know what? That's that fruit of the Spirit in there. That's the Holy Spirit pulling on it. Say, go, no, don't say that. I won't say it all. I'll just say a little bit. <laughs> Why? Because it makes the flesh feel good when you say that. That wasn't my message either. I don't know why I'm meddling with you guys. Now, listen, let me ask you something. He, he goes here, and, you know, I, I love looking at it like this. He says, make this stone into bread. So how do you turn the stone into something that you already are? This is about identity. Jesus is the rock of ages. He's the cornerstone. That the builders rejected. Not only that, but he's the bread of life. Can you imagine the enemies trying to tempt him in his identity to turn these two elements into something that he is? See, and when you understand who you are, you don't have to prove it to anybody. 
It doesn't matter if they see it. It doesn't matter even if they believe it. They didn't get to vote. God calls you a royal priesthood. God calls you a chosen people. God has promoted you. God has chosen to give you favor. God says Darren is my favorite. And that's the incredible thing of God. He can say that to you and, and, and you are his favorite and he makes you feel that way. That's incre how incredible God is. But you know what? If you've got this wrong perspective of him and you see him wrong, it's gonna, your whole life will look like that. Because you know what you'll do? If you were abused by your father, if you were abandoned by your father, you know what you're going to take it out on? That's how you're going to see God. So see, my dad died when I was four. So guess what? I didn't like the father side of God. I had issues with him. Hello, y'all out there. I saw him as distant. I saw him as not there. Why? That was my experience. Well, how many knows God wants to change your experience? And so in the church setting I was in, I always saw Father as judge. So every time they preached on hell and gave an altar call, I was there. You know why? I didn't want to go to hell. Right? But you know what? Nothing ever changed inside. They was always telling me what to not to do outside, but then I'd go back and I'd do it again. I'm like, sorry. Then they'd tell me, well, that wasn't repentance because you went back and did it again. I'm like, well, will you tell me how to stop doing it? Because I really didn't want to. I just didn't know how to stop. Now, this is the crazy thing. Here I'm on drugs. I'm in all this kind of trouble, and Father comes into my bedroom. I wasn't at church. Come on, I was coming down off crank. I my, my mom had given me a Bible. I reached over and opened it, and this is what I said. Now, this is stupid, okay? You don't always have to pray the right prayer to get God to answer you. I'm serious. We think he's just that legalistic God. He's not. I mean, come on. I, mean, I got healed when I was eight years old. My brother was clinically. I, I was raised on miracles. You know, miracles won't change you. They won't. You'll explain them away. I mean, come on, if miracles could have get it done, Moses would have led everybody in because Moses did more miracles than anybody. And they still was hard-hearted and unbelief. This is what I said. God, if you're real, <laughs> show me. And he did. I mean, he showed up in my room. I heard him audibly. It wasn't that church. I was on drugs. I was in trouble. And that's when he showed up. For the first time, I really understood the verse, he'll leave the 99 and go after the one. I mean, it scared me so bad when he spoke, I ran to the living room crying. I thought I could get away from him because I'm thinking, you know, I asked him to come, and now I'm not sure I want him to be here. That wasn't this fear of his presence it was this awesomeness of oh my gosh this guy's real and you know what started coming up all the stuff i had ever done because immediately in his presence he started cleansing me he wasn't condemning me he was taking it out he immediately started taking it out he said this is what happened to you i'm healing that this is what happened he started pulling that stuff out of me now i'm bent over holding myself crying my brother-in-law sat in a chair 
all of a sudden he turns to me and starts confessing. That's a true story. He starts asking me to forgive him because I had him steal a car for me. I, I was a bad Christian. I mean, a bad sinner, right? I'm a better Christian. I'll just tell you the truth, what I did, okay? And he charged me to do it, then stole the tires off the car and sold them. And I didn't know all this, and he starts confessing to me. And I mean, I'm over here bawling, and God's healing me, and he's confessing what he did to me, and then jumps up and starts hollering, I just got born again, I'm going to heaven. Ain't nobody said nothing, I'm, I'm been over crying. Now, this lasted, I, you know, it, this wasn't no five-minute session. My sister came about four hours later, opened the door, and when she hit the door, she backed up and went, what in the world? She thought we were smoking dope. There was a literal haze in the house. His presence was just hanging out. I don't know how long we were in this. But she knew when she came in the house, what is going on? Well, her husband started freaking out, started telling her what was going on. I just got saved, and this happened, and that happened. And she's like, well, how did that happen? Who come here and talk to you? She's, he said, nobody. God was here. Of course, my sister's like, you guys have been smoking dope. I mean, literally, she. But what happened? God changed my perspective of how I saw him. Because you know what? No preacher was going to do it. I was offended at church. I was offended at religion. You know, you know, that's how personal God is. He'll, he'll allow situations so he can show up and show you his goodness. That's what he did to me that day. See, my identity started changing from that moment. So I ended up going to jail. Okay? Most people would have thought, oh, my gosh. Right? I was so excited when I went to jail. I'm serious. I, I, I was like, I'm going to be Paul. I'm going to get everybody in that jail saved. I went in there, I started doing Bible studies. I had seven-day Adventist in my Bible study. I had Baptist people in my Bible study. I didn't know nothing about preaching. You know what I did? Let me tell you what God did for me. Do you know that's what the disciples did that become apostles? Did you know most of them couldn't read? So what do you think they preached? They preached their experiences with God when, he was with, when they were with them. They told their encounters. Hello. So I'm thinking, that's what I'm going to do. I had incredible favor in this jail. People were getting saved. And listen, it's not because I knew how to even lead them to the Lord. All I'd been taught is, you know, you say this prayer because you don't want to go to hell. But I didn't teach that. You know what I was teaching? All I know is God is good. I was on drugs. He changed. And I'd start telling my testimony. Power of God would hit them. And they would be changed. And the way you knew they were changed, they didn't act the same. You know, we say, well, people are changed because they said the prayer. That doesn't mean they're changed. They were changed because something happened on the inside. Are you with me? And identity started to be developed. That's what, this is what God wants you to understand, is he has given you the right to know your identity. And then you don't have to prove anything. Because guess what? Every one of you are going to go through this process. Matter of fact, every one of you are in it somewhere. So the second thing he comes, and he what does he do? He takes him up to what? Somebody's got to get it right. Takes him up to the, to the temple, right? 
the pinnacle. Maybe a different version there. The third one's when he takes him up and shows him the kingdoms of this world, right? So he takes him up to this pinnacle and he says, the temple. He says, cast yourself down from here. Because it is written, now he's going to use the word against him, what Father said. Let me say, how do you cast yourself down from something that you are? He is the temple. He is the pinnacle. Come on, once again, he's hitting him, if you be the son of God. He's going after his identity. Y'all see that? That's why, in, you know, this is going to be the strategy every time. It's going to be, where's your identity? Prove it to me. And here he uses his father's words against him. Because what did he do the first time? It is written. Right? Father said. So he's like, well, I'm going to have to change my strategy a little bit. Let's, let me use something that father said to get him to do this. If you be the son of God, this is what father said about you. So what is he doing? Prove it. So this is what happens when you get in a situation when God doesn't come through the way you think he should. What do you hear? He don't love you. You wouldn't be going through this if he loved you. Come on. That, that question, why? Why are we going through this? Why did God allow this? And so we start doubting God's love for us. You know what he's doing? He's hitting your identity. He's already got you on the right path. See that? The third one, he takes him up, and what happens? He shows him the kingdoms of this world. So watch this. He changes his strategy. He doesn't say, if you be the son of God. What does he say? Bow down and worship me. You know what he's saying? If you'll change fathers, if you'll switch kingdoms, look what I'll give you. See, he... It wasn't working in his identity. So now he says, okay, now let me offer him something to get him to switch kingdoms. Let me offer him something that's already his, but let me give it to him prematurely. Because evidently, Satan forgot to read the back of the book. And Revelation says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ. See, daddy was already going to give them to him. See, you've already got an identity. You've already got a purpose. I believe this is what happens in a lot of churches. There's a call for, for a young man in the church to be a pastor, and, 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 and somebody's raising him up, but it's not in the timing he wants it to be. So he's like, oh, man, I've got to go start a church. I've got to do something for God. And he takes it prematurely. And he's not aligned, so he doesn't have an inheritance. He doesn't, he, he's not in the way that it should be. And, and a lot of that is because we ain't had fathers that really cared about the next generation. They just cared about building their own ministries. Come on, are you with me? Don't take something prematurely. I mean, those God anointed David to be king. The problem was there was already a king. David could have took it. He would have taken something prematurely. See, if you take it, you got to protect it. But if God gives it to you, he'll protect it. And you don't have to worry about somebody taking it from you. You see what I'm saying? So don't let him. What? Don't take it prematurely. God doesn't care. Okay, He wants you exalted. He just don't want you to exalt yourself. He said he will exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, he'll pull away from you. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? 
There's times you can take advantage of things and God says don't. It's a story like Elijah or Elisha when they came. Remember when the guy came and he, he had leprosy? And he came out from Naaman's army. He's this mighty warrior. The problem is he had something he couldn't fix himself. Even though he was a mighty man. Even though he's done great things, he had a problem. All right? So he expects he's going to go to this house. The prophet's going to come out, do the habahama shama over him and get him healed. Okay? Prophet don't even show up. Don't come out of the house. Just gives the word, go dip in the water. I mean, no, he got his feelings hurt. He got offended, didn't he? And the little girl's like, what do you got to lose? If he'd have told you to do something hard, you'd have done it. And he listens to the little girl and he goes and dips. Right? And he gets healed. So automatically, what does he want to do? He wants to bless the prophet. He wants to bless the man of God. And God told Elisha, don't take it. Well, that'll mess up Christian theology and te television, won't it? He said, don't take it. I don't know why, but God said, told him, don't take it. What Gehazi do? Gehazi, his servant, which I believe the alignment where Elijah passed down to Elisha that had a double portion would have just kept increasing. But Gehazi said, oh my goodness, I'm going to take it. He goes after it and gets the stuff, right? And then when he comes back, what does Elisha say? Where you been? Oh, no, no, nowhere. He said, did not my spirit go with you? He said, now the leprosy that was on him, watch this, comes on you and your family. You know, it's important who you're aligned with. Hello. Now, I don't understand all the process of that. I just know this. There's times that God's told me not take stuff. Just don't take it. I was just... I won't say where it's at, but I was at a place preaching. <clears throat> and they took an offering. And I don't do this very often, but God told me, they stole your offering. And I'm like, okay. What do you want me to do? He said, give me your Rolex. Excuse me? You just told me this, and now you want me to do this? You know what I did? Gave him my Rolex. Why does God do that? God was after that person. All I had to do is obey. I didn't pay for a Rolex anyway. Somebody gave it to me. I gave my watch away in San Antonio, get home. Somebody walks up and gives me a Rolex. My wife never liked a Rolex. But I was like, God, I can give it to a son or somebody. You're going to make me. How many of those God does things that are different than how we do them? Well, it's easy to bless somebody that does you good. It was a test for me. So I told him, I said, God told me to give you a Rolex. He was freaking out. I sent it to him a few days later. He called me on the phone, freaking out. He goes, you sent me your Rolex. I go, well, I told you I was. Yeah, but I didn't believe you was going to do it. I mean, it was God dealing with him. You understand what I'm saying? But you have to understand in this, in identity, the reason he wants to set that, because you don't have to do anything for finances. Because you live from inheritance, not trying to get it. When we get in trouble is when we're trying to figure out how to do it. Now, I'm not saying I live here. It's like I go in and out. But I'm trying to live here. Y'all know what I'm saying? Because the practical kicks in. I'm getting better at it. 
But that's where the identity is set, where you understand you're a co-heir with Jesus. So watch this. If you're a co-heir with his, what does that mean? Everything that he had access, you have access. Is that right? Did he have access to money? Did he access to healing? Deliverance? Everything. Why? His identity with Father gave him the right to bring heaven to earth. See, your identity is not about you getting to heaven. Your identity is about getting heaven here. See, we've made it about getting to heaven. So it's just a retirement plan for us. I mean, aren't you sad for those people that work all their life to retire and then they die? They didn't get to enjoy it. I mean, shouldn't it be the other way around? You should get to spend the money when you're young and enjoy it. You get old, you might have a little bit of money. Oh, man, I'm too tired, huh? Ain't going fishing today. See, we got a mindset that our culture has taught us. Listen, I don't want money when I'm old. I won't spend money now. I want resources now. Listen, I'm not worried about my life later. I'm, I want it now. Now, I'm going to say a statement might freak you out. I'm not worried about making it to heaven. You know why? I carry it with me everywhere I go. Why would I be worried about getting there? So, oh, be careful. You could lose your salvation. Try to get God from me. Go ahead. Try. Do me wrong, I'm going to bless you. Curse me, I'm going to bless you. You can't get him out of me. You know, my, me and my wife's been married for 24 years. Guess what? I'm not trying to be married. I is. Try to get us divorced. Did you know that's the right you have in relationship with God? You're married. See, we've believed things that people have said that has separated us from our God. Jesus asked me this question one time. He said, how are you going to do what I did if you don't have what I have? I said, what? And when he asks you a question, he's not looking for information. So I started reading. I went, oh, and the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus. Then John 17 says this, Jesus is praying, full of the Holy Spirit, praying to Father, and this is his prayer. I pray that they will be one the way me and you are one. So tell me how a prayer from all three parts of the Trinity doesn't get answered. So why do we believe we're going to get it someday when we get to heaven? You ain't going to need it there. I mean, you ain't going to need to overcome the enemy there. You ain't going to need resources there. You're not going to need the blessings of God. They're automatic there. The issue is you need them here. But if you believe you can't have them until someday, guess what? You'll be waiting on your someday. So watch this. I'm, I'm shifting here. Then we'll, we'll minister just a little bit. This is the spirit. I mean, my wife can break this down way better than I can. But spirit, soul, flesh. Okay, you know your three parts. The real you is the spirit. 
So here's the identity. First, he gets hit where? In the spirit. So he's driven into the wilderness. He has this encounter. And all it was was testing. And a test is given for you to pass the test. The test is given for information you already have to conquer. Okay? He comes out. And what does he do? He comes out in power. A leper comes up to him. In that day, you touch a leper, you die. He comes out, touches a leper, the leper gets healed. Why? Because when he defeated that, in his identity, in the spirit, he comes out in power. Did you hear me? See, those tests are given so you can, can, can God trust you with that kind of power? Can he trust you with those kind of resources? Are you with me? So there's the spirit encounter. That was between him and the enemy. How many knows he defeated him? Now, let's jump forward and go to the garden. You ready? He goes into the garden, what happens? Who's he fighting in there? Soul. What does he say? Is there any other way this can happen? That's good news for y'all. If God Almighty is asking if there's any other way, that's good news. You know what that shows you? He's human. He's like us. Y'all ain't never asked that? Come on, I know you have. Maybe nobody else in here, but on Monday morning, you say, God, is there any other way? <laughs> but you know what he was dealing with? He's dealing with his soul. Because see, the spirit man had been broken through, but now he has to deal with that soulish man. What's that soulish man? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And it was so strong a fight in his soul. It said that his sweat become blood. And here it was, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. See, that's where the battle is. You know why? Your will is strong. It really is. There's people that the doctor has told them, you don't quit drinking, you're going to die. They quit drinking. Their will is that strong. Are, are you with me? Your will is strong. But having those gods is stronger. You just got to yield to it. And he, that's the process he was going through. He had to yield his soul to Father. And say, nevertheless, not my will. Okay, because I'm going to tell you something. His flesh wasn't jumping up and down about going to the cross. The joy, watch this. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Where's that joy at? That's in his spirit, man. That's the fruit of the spirit. Come see, if you, those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. See, that's where the fruit is. You get over in your soul. Look out, Jack. You better get back in there and get some fruit. You know why? Because your will is going to be fighting against that. See, you got spirit fighting against flesh and souls in the balance. And so if you lean to your own understanding, you lean to your mind, your will, your emotions, you know what you're going to do? I don't feel like praying today. I don't feel like being a good husband today. I was going through something the other day, and, and, and I left. And she was like, you okay? I said, yep, I just need some time. You know why? Because I didn't want to say anything. Life and death comes out of what? I didn't want to say anything. I just needed to get, I needed to process. Okay? I, I was going fruit hunting. I knew it was in there. I just couldn't find it right then. And it was an injustice. There were some things that was wrong. And it was injustice what they did. And my daughter was on the other end of it. And I'm just like, God, this is injustice. 
You know, but I was kind of wanting to tell them how bad the injustice was. Y'all ever been there? And, you know, I just had to get away because I, I needed to get with God and say, look, I need, I need you to, I know it's in here, but I ain't feeling it right now. Y'all act like y'all ain't going to never have those. Y'all need to float on out of here. Y'all so godly. I'm being honest with you. And so I had to get out there, man. And, you know, and, it, and then, you know, when I got out there and I started speaking with God, then, you know, I found it. And I said, okay, let this come up. And I literally had to call a guy, you know. And I, I wasn't rude to him. I just said, look, I'm not mad at you, but this is an injustice. He said, I know. But the thing is, I had to look at that thing and I go, okay, what, what, is, what is operating here? And I had to see it for what it was. Okay. Now, what I don't like in that is when people's negligence and then they go, well, what's God doing? What if God's going to use this? I'm like, look, don't blame your negligence on God. Come on, you understand? What I'm, I'm not saying God can't use it. But that's not your escape every time you mess up to go, well, you know, what's God doing in this? I'm like, well, God could have told us. He don't have to go through your negligence to get this done. It's almost like their way of saying, oh, well, I messed up, but what's God doing? Are you with me? So in the midst of this, he's going through. Now, what happens? He possesses his soul to do what? To carry out the will of Father in his flesh. Do you see the cycle here? You see the identity that has to happen here. First, the spirit. You have to understand the real you is a spirit. You will never defeat the soul with flesh. We try all the time. It don't work. This is what we do. If I can get enough scripture in there. Come on, the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. You can quote scripture till you're blue in the face. Guess what? If the spirit don't illuminate it to you. You know, I like what Bill Johnson says. He says, you know, when you're reading the Bible and illumination comes, stop. You have met your goal. You understand what I'm saying? What are you doing? See, sometimes we go, well, I got to read one chapter today because this is my study, you know, and I got to read that chapter. And on the first verse, God starts speaking to you and you just bypass it because you got you to finish the chapter. No, the, the volume of the book is written about a person. When you start reading the Bible and something starts speaking, that's the Holy Ghost, that's Father. That's Jesus saying, hey, I want to show you something right there. Close the book, I want to have a conversation. But we're so interested in going, everybody, well, I read the Bible through this year. I'm spiritual. No, he wants to take you to the encounter with him. The Bible is never meant to be understood before it's experienced. Come on, I said that this morning. I said, listen, you don't understand salvation. You experience salvation. See, what I was trying to do, and the reason I got offended at God, I was trying to understand God without knowing God. When he came into my bedroom, guess what? I had an experience. It doesn't matter whether you believe it happened or not. It was my encounter. And that encounter changed my life. I've never, I'll never be the same person again. Because something happened to me. Guess what? He don't want you to have one encounter. He wants you to go from encounter to encounter Amen. to encounter to encounter. He just gets gooder and gooder and gooder. It's not ever supposed to stop. Are, are you with me? See, that's, that comes out of your identity. You start understanding you're a son. You start understanding your rights. You start understanding your authority. It all comes out of your identity. 
But if you don't believe it belongs to you, you ain't going to pray it. Matter of fact, once you start seeing what belongs to you, your prayer life changes. I gave this example this, this morning. Luis, when he goes into his home with Eric, he don't go in there and go, Eric, I'm so hungry. Would you please let me go to the refrigerator and fix a sandwich? Because I'm really hungry. That'd be goofy, wouldn't it? Because Eric's going to look at him and go, go fix your own sandwich. He knows out of relationship, I could go in there, open the refrigerator. Why? Because he's a son. He's family. You know what we're doing? We're coming to God asking for something, and he's going, fix your own sandwich. That's what he told Paul. Do you know that? Paul came to him three times. You know what he was saying? Paul, my grace is sufficient with you. Get it yourself. Paul was asking, take this away. And God's saying, you deal with it. I've given you the grace to deal with it. Hello. See, we're praying and asking for God for things that he's already given us. Now listen, don't raise your hand. How many of y'all pray and ask for money? Don't raise your hand. Let me ask you something. How's he going to give you what he's already gave you? He said he became poor and made you rich. Now he's holding my Bible. Can you imagine him looking at me saying, Darren, will you hand me your Bible? Uh, I just did. And he comes again. Darren, will you please let me have your Bible? Eric, I just gave you my Bible. Darren, this is the last time I'm going to ask you. You don't come through over this time, I ain't never going to believe you again. That would be stupid because he's holding the Bible. That's what we do with God. We continue to ask him for things that he's already given us. Why are you asking him? Why are you praying for him to give you something that's already yours? What? Identity shifts. Identity shifts. What does that mean? Once you start walking out of your identity, you see how Father sees so taxes are due. He says, go fishing. Was it just coincidence he caught the fish that had the coin in his mouth? Where'd the coin come from? How do you see it? Come on, are you understand what I'm saying? See, there's an identity that comes on us that when you start to understand that you have access the way Jesus had access, everything that heaven possesses is yours. Everything. Or you're not a co-heir. Are you a co-heir? That's what a co-heir means. I asked the men this morning, do you get an inheritance when you die? No, you get an inheritance when somebody else dies. I think he already done that for you. So your inheritance... Is not when you die to get your inheritance. That's what we would call going to heaven. No. Your inheritance is that he died so heaven can come here. Are you with me? Now, do you know, I'm almost done. Do you know you only have one need? That's it. You only have one. That's him. He meets all your needs. Isn't that what? I read that in a book somewhere. Jesus Christ, what does what? Meets all my needs according to his in. So if you got him, then all your needs are met. So whatever you're facing is just an opportunity for him to show you his glory.
while you're out there. So see, you've got to start to understand how to operate in this kingdom. You've got to understand that this is your daddy's kingdom. The earth belongs to you. That's why in Romans where it says it's crying out, you want know it's crying out? He's saying, who owns me? That's what the earth is saying. It's crying out for the manifestation of the sons of God. He's saying, who owns me? Who owns me? He said, the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of God. Well, who are the sons of God? The ones that are led by the Spirit. Who are the ones led by the Spirit? The ones that are sons that have their identity set in who he is. So if you'll look at the pattern of who Jesus is, and you start to understand how he operated. Okay? He operated out underneath with that authority in the identity that Father is good. All the time. Matter of fact, even when they say he was good, he said, hey, there's nothing good except the Father. But if you see the fa- if you see me, you see the Father. So I'm here to show you his goodness. So let me ask you something. What are you supposed to do on the earth? See, we've had a wrong idea. We think it's our job to get people saved. That's been the theology of the last hundred years. You're supposed to go get people saved. You can't get people saved. Now, it's your job to preach. It's your job to, but how do you preach? The goodness of God, and if you have to, use words. Come on, are you starting to see this? That's the authority. That's the mandate. The mandate that I have is to show people my father's good. And you can do that in, a, in some incredible ways. You can use his gifts to do it. It's one of the greatest ways. It's to operate in his gifts. And to prove to people that he's good. Okay? Because I'll tell you something. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. You see, we're, we're, we're trying to operate in this thing out of a wrong identity. And so that's why we're so disappointed at times. We're so disappointed because God didn't do it the way we thought he should do it. The issue is, this is how he operates. He's a future present God. He's already finished it, backs up into your present, say, now let's do it. He already knows what he's got for you to do. He just needs you to get face to face with him so you can see what he sees. Then when you do, it's easy. It's like, there's times I'll, be, I'll pray and God will show me what will happen in the service. Oh man, it's easy. You know why? I already know. He shows me. That make sense? So a lot of times I come to a church and I get into worship and I get lost in worship because all I'm doing is I'm saying, show me. Show me what you want to do. And so there'll be times I'll see certain people. I have no idea what I'm going to pray over them. Okay, but I see it. God says, get ready and we're going to go round and round. We're going to go up and we're going to go down. God says, I'm going to use you in authority to help shift this town. And where others have made fun and seen you in one way, God says, now it will turn and they will see another. For God says, did I not make you this incredible mother? One that loves and has such a big heart to demonstrate my love. So watch what I'm about to do is I start to open your eyes and I start to show you. Face to face, you will start to see. And then you will see others and you'll tell them what to be. You'll tell them that they are sons and daughters and set their identity who I have called them to be. So understand, it starts today and watch what happens even before the month of May. 
I am setting some things in place for you are going to walk with me face to face. Louise, can I pray for you? Why don't you just stand with your wife? This, this is what I heard over you. I heard some things about your life. And I saw you in a place where you have seen God in the past in a wrong light. And at times it's put you in a situation with your wife and it's even caused a fight. Because she saw me one way and you saw me another. But God says, I'm honoring things, even prayers that have come down through your mother. And where you have felt abandoned and felt left alone, God says, I have chosen you because I am God and I am on the throne. You belong to me. I love you, my son. And I want to prove to you who I am. So in times past where you would run because you had a wrong idea, of how I see you. God says tonight. I'm doing something deep in your heart. And I am wanting to set you free. And I want to show you. Who I have called you to be. You are accepted. And I know you by name. So I remove. From the past. Every bit of that shame. That's tried to hold you back. And keep you looking. From the outside in. God says, understand, my son, I have removed every bit of that sin. I see you and I love you and you belong to me. So let me open your heart and show you who I've called you to be. For I am good. And once you experience, you will not look for another. For God says, these were prayers that was prayed even from your grandmother. It is your inheritance and it's tried to be stolen and it's tried to be ripped from what belongs to you. But God says, today I come and I identify who you are and who I have called you to be. So rest, my son, and watch what I will start to bring forth. Even what looked like could not be done. God says, I'll put some things in place. That will affect and come even from the north. Provision. Where at times you have felt. How do I make my way? God says I will show you. And my favor will be upon your life. And the goodness of God. Will remove that strife. I have given you a good one. I have given you your wife. It was not a mistake. It was by plan. And I have brought you here. So God says I will deal with. With where you looked at times thought if you failed. He says I'll remove that fear. I will make sure that you overcome. And even what you are doing. Will be set for your son. For there is an inheritance that was stolen from you. That God says I will make sure. That it passes to your children and ones to come. It belongs to you. So no more do you have to run. You are approved in me and you are my son. So trust in my goodness and what I'm about to do. For God says, today, I'll make a promise to you. Father, I release this over his life, over his wife, and over his family. In Jesus' name, amen.
I can't make up stuff that fast. Amen. I want you to hold out your, your, just your hands for a minute. I, I saw this over the church tonight. And I don't know if you remember, last time I was here, I saw a storm, and I prophesied that storm. I even called Shelly before the storm came, and I said, look, God's had me praying about this storm. I said, you remember? She said, I, I, I don't remember that. I said, well, I'm telling you, I, I had that word, and I said, I'm praying for you guys. And, of course, the storm came right after that, and the whole tornado came, and but this is what I heard over you and, and uh, Shelly, Eric. I, said, I heard, even where the storms of life even damage the building and come after your family, God says this is a season of restoration. And even how I've restored some things with the building where it looked like the storm had damaged and now I've brought it anew. And God says, I've done the same thing in your family where it looked like he was tearing apart and he was destroying. And God says, now look what I'm about to do. And I saw this funnel that was over the top of the church. But this one wasn't, it wasn't pulling from, from down up. This one was coming from up down. And I said, God, what is this? And he says, it's access to bring heaven to earth. And God says, I saw this set over this building. And I said, God, what are you doing? And he said, this is not visitation, this is habitation. And God says, I'm going to restore what was lost in the season. And, and, I, and I saw in this region where favor had come up on your life, and I saw you meeting with other pastors in this region. And God says, things that I've put into your heart that you have waited and said, what's the right season to come forth with this? God says, you're moving into that time. I will bring them, and they'll want to learn from you. Not only will they learn from you in the region, but God says there's going to be ones that will come and fill the house. They will be ones that have left that will come back. And God says this will be a place of demonstration of signs and wonders. It will be a, a place of prophecy where you declare and release the goodness of God. God says I'm giving you access to bring heaven to earth. There will be new industry that comes into this region that will be prophesied from this house. God says he is moving on the schools. There is a youth explosion that is going to happen in this region. And God says it will come out of a crisis. It will come out of what looks like is death. And God says I will bring an awakening and life will come. And the hearts of ones that have been hardened will be tender and they will be open to me. And God says I will give you access into those schools. I will give you access to this generation. I will give you ones that will help you with the harvest to bring them in and disciple them and to raise them up. So God says, do not look towards the past anymore. No more regret of the past. No more of ones that have left, even financially, that look like the resources have left. God says, I'm bringing new resources to the house. I'm bringing new resources to this region. And God says, I'm going to put them into your hands. And I will do this inside the house and outside the house. And so God says, this is a new season for you guys. It is a new season of a new authority and a new favor. It's almost like I've seen you go through the process of Joseph, where you went through rejection, where you went through accusation, where you went through where you felt like you were even in, in a jail cell, limited of what you could say and what you could not say and watching what you would have to do. And you would see ones that you had blessed and ministered and then they forgot about you. And God says, oh, no, that was a test. 
For God says, now is coming the time that he puts you in a place of promotion and favor. And he will give you strategy in this city, in this region. God says there, there is a promotion that is coming. That is already here spiritually, but it's moving you in physically. And this is what I heard him say. You have been tried and you have been tested. And you have been found faithful. So now comes the rewards of your labor. So God, I bless them. I bless this house. And I release the word of the Lord over them tonight, Father. And we decree it over them in Jesus' name. Amen. I thought that was a pretty good word. Now listen, this is what you have to understand. I, I don't understand things that I, that I say, okay? I, I don't understand it. So all I have to do is just yield and say it. Because a lot of times it don't make sense to me, okay? Is this your wife? Can I pray for y'all? Would y'all stand? Eric, will you and Shelly come? Just stand behind them. I, I don't understand this, and you know, and I stopped you today when you tried to, to start saying something. <clears throat> this relationship right here is very key. I saw them holding your hands. I saw them almost propping you up. And God says he so rearranged you in this time. What looks like rejection and some things in your life, God says, I pulled you out. God says, I didn't allow some things to happen that could have happened. He said, I pulled you out of that place. But God says, you're in a season, he's going to set you. And you're going to know, without a doubt, destiny and purpose. Because you push things down that are on the inside of you that you knew that was truth. But you're thinking, man, if I preach that, oh my goodness. God says, now is going to be the season that starts to come forth. There's much in there that you've held on to. And God's saying, it's me. It's me. But disappointment has tried to stop this. Persecution has tried to stop this. It's almost tried to take you in a wrong direction. Almost like, well, maybe I should, maybe should I go get another job? Should I, should I go this way? And God's saying, you know what you're called to do. And God says, this is a season he's going to set you. And he's going to restore to you. I keep getting this word about restoration. But God says, in the alignment of what he's doing with you in this new season, it will be different than what you think, but it'll be bigger than what you think. He has built a foundation in you. So now you're coming to a place you're going to be able to see further than you've ever seen before. And, and understand this. There's a protection over your wife. She's going to be all right. It's been a tough season. But there's some healing that God says is coming to you, ma'am, that's going to go deep into your heart. And there's going to be a new zeal and a new vibrance that comes to you. Where hope deferred has made your heart sick, God says, I'm going to stir you. Because I haven't called him, I've called y'all together. And where the enemy's tried to destroy you because it's been tougher on you than it has him. He, he's almost like got like rhino hide. He, he's been able to deflect some of those things. But it's been tougher on you. Because those things hurt. Those words hurt. Those disappointments hurt. But God says this is a season he's going to show his faithfulness. And he's going to show your, his favor upon you. And where resources have been tight. And finances look like they have fled. God says this is a season. Where the enemy has stolen, he's going to have to pay back. God says this is a season that you claim the resources that were taken from you. That even when things happen in your life, there was resources that should have been given to you that didn't come. They were taken. It was unjust, says the Lord. And God says, I have judged it. And because you have kept your heart right, 
you will see the return and the blessings of the Lord. And so, Father, I release this over them. And I say, God, this is a season to set them in their identity, in their purpose, and in their destiny. And, God, I release healing where words and disappointment have tried to stop the things of God. I release restoration, God. And I release your blessings upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This, this guy, yeah, you're holding your Bible. Yeah, will you come? Is that your Bible? Will you come? Is this okay? I know OU's playing, but. <clears throat> Is that your wife? Will, will you come right quick? I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell you what I heard over you guys. You're more important than what you see. I saw you like pillars in this house. You're a strength to people. And God says he wants to give you more influence. <clears throat> I saw you like a mother and a father, but almost like a, a grandfather and a grandmother. And, and what I mean by that is, you, you know, it's almost like mothers and fathers are raising their kids and then grandfathers and grandmothers almost like you get a second chance, <laughs> you know. That's what I saw with you guys. I, I saw you having such a compassion. And God says, you're going to need this for who I'm bringing to this house. Because I'm going to need ones that need to be loved unconditionally. Because they were hurt from their mothers and their fathers. They were wounded by words. and They were wounded by rejection. And, and I saw you guys loving them. And I, I, don't, I don't understand this, but I saw some of them come into your home. And I saw you just blessing them and praying over them. And it was almost a... I heard these words, man, I feel like I've been given a second chance. God says, I'm going to use you in this capacity because you have big hearts. You have big hearts to love. You, you, you have big hearts not to, not to judge, but just to love them and see the blessings of God. And God says, it's going to be weird because there'll be times it'll be a younger, younger people. And you'll be like, God, but we're this age. What? And God's like, shh, they don't know that. He said, love has no age. They're just looking for it unconditionally. And God says, you possess it. So, Father, I release this. And the other thing I heard over you, sir, is God's doing some healing in your body. There's been some concern that you've had. And God says, it's okay. No premature death's coming to you. And so I speak alignment with your body right now. Even things that have been stopped up will start to flow. <laughs> Even revelation in things you didn't know. I'm doing more than what you can see. And the reason is because you belong to me. Oh, I love you. You're one of my favorite. And I'll show you things that you know not of. But watch it because the Holy Spirit will set upon you like a dove. You will not brush him away, but you will be sensitive to what I say. It belongs to you and it comes in a new way. This day, God, I release it upon his life in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I just bless her. I thank you for the word of the Lord. I thank you for restoration. I just seal it, Lord, in Jesus' name. There's a sweetness 
almost like honey. It's what I heard God says, just taste. Honey, it'll be sweet. Some things he's bringing, he'll lay at your feet. You'll say, but God, I didn't deserve that. Why did you bring it to me? And God says, I'm just wanting you to understand the love. Because I want you to see. That you're my favorite and you belong to me. So I'm going to open your eyes so you can see. You will taste and it will be sweet. Oh, the things that he will bring to your feet. You are one that I can trust. And I'm going to put things into your hands. And people will see that there's no way this comes from a man. You belong to me. Now watch what I'm going to do. and Watch what I'm going to start to show you. Father, I release it over her. And I bless her with the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Y'all together? Y'all come here. Y'all getting around here somehow? Y'all go to this church? Are y'all married? Y'all seeing each other? You're married. Okay. Just want to make sure. Uh, sir, I, I saw God arresting you. Not in a bad way. <clears throat> but there's some things where you've seen God wrong. And it's almost like I saw you almost like gun shy of some things about God. And God says, I, I want to prove to you how good I am. She tells you, but you don't listen. And I don't mean that in a wrong way. It's just almost like, it's like she has a different relationship with you. But God says, that's going to change. That's going to change because he's going to prove to you who he is. And you're going to see it through his goodness, and you're going to see it through resources. Because you've been stressed out about some things, even with resources, and God wants to prove to you. And so there's a favor that's coming to you that has to do with resources. And you'll know when it comes, this is what that guy was talking about. But God's saying he wants you to understand it's coming from him because he's after you. And there's some relationships that want to pull you back in the wrong direction. And she's been telling you. And you know that you're going to have to make some adjustments there because it would want to pull you in the wrong direction. Not that they're bad people. It's just they're not going the direction you want to go. They're not going the direction that God wants to take you in. So he's going to settle some things in you. He's arresting some things in you. And he's saying, give them to me. Because there's been some disappointments in your past. Even when you were raised, some things that happened that brought disappointment. It's almost caused you to, to see God and kind of stand back. Like, I'm not too sure about that. But God is so wanting to show you his goodness, okay, because he's got some things that uh, he wants to align for you that has to do with family coming. And so, Father, I release this. I bless him with the word of the Lord, and I say, arrest him, God. Arrest him with your goodness. Arrest him with your provision. Show him how awesome and wonderful you are. God, I release it over his life. Y'all want kids? Y'all have any so far? You want another one? Okay. What do you have right now? Okay. What do you want? Okay. I'm making sure. Father, I release the word of the Lord, and I bless her, and I bless her womb in Jesus' name. Yeah, you know, I had a word the other day, and... and, and uh, she didn't want another one. I said, sorry. She had another one. 
And then, you know, I was in Chicago, and the, and the person said, uh, well, the doctor said we can't have another. And I said, well, I don't care what the doctor said. I know what God just told me. He texted me the other day. He said, God used you. Look. A big old belly out to here. Isn't it amazing when God does stuff like that? Can I pray for you? Yeah, come here. I heard God say, don't give up, I ain't done. What looks like disappointment, I'll turn it around and show you how to have fun. God says, I will align what looks like has been broken, and I'll put it back together. And I'll show you that it belongs to me, and it would be better than what you could have thought it would be. For God says, I've seen the cry, and I've seen the disappointment and the pain. God says, trust me, I'll turn it around, I'll use it for your gain. What looks like he can't be caught. <laughs> God says he don't know. He will start to hear. He'll use, he'll, he'll use your words. It'll not just be talk. It'll be the power of God being demonstrated through love. Trust me and watch it come from above. It belongs to you. Now let me put it in place. God says I'm preparing preparing this face to face so you can see what I see and believe what I say God says set it trust me I will bring it to pass and it will not fail God says I'm turning it around and I'll even prove it through the mail I'll send to you a confirmation of what I am doing and what looks like cannot be done God says, trust me. Trust me, I'll turn it into fun. God, I bless her. And I release this word over her life and her family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, I have no idea what that means. Okay? It's just my job to give it. Does that make sense? Okay. Because this is where I get in trouble. People come up to me and they go, hey, what do you think this means? That's when I get in trouble. Okay, because my mind will kick in sometimes. I need to pray for you in the black. My mind will kick in, and, uh, you know, you want me flowing in the gift, not giving my practical information. Amen. God says healing is what I have done for you, but it has only just begun. God says what tried to stop you, God says now you're going to begin to run. There's an assurance of my goodness in who I have called you to be. For I have showed you and I've opened your eyes so that you could see. It's about your family and the greatness and even things I've called them to do. And God says, I'm showing you in this season a new authority to release and to prophesy and to decree. For God says they will experience me. What the enemy tried to steal and to break apart and cause you to walk away. God says, I restored. I showed you my goodness. I brought that day. The day of life where it looked like it was taken away. But God says, I'm good. I've showed you my goodness. I will prove to you. Even through your kids and things I have called them to do. You will see the greatness and they will turn and call you blessed for what the enemy tried to destroy. God says, I allowed and released grace. 
He said, this is a season where I'm going to show you things face to face. This appointment will be wiped away. God says, even, even this day. It is new and it starts to release even a new peace where you can trust and know my heart for the future and what I'm going to bring. So understand, I'm married to you. I promised you the ring. Wear it with the goodness and demonstration of who I am and what I have showed you I can do. Trust me with your children. And I will release in them in an early age what I have called them to do. You will see my goodness and why the enemy was so afraid of your seed. It's because of what I have called them to do. And where I will send them and the impact they will have. It belongs to you. Trust and see that I am good and I'll bring it to be. Father, I release it over her and over her family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Those, uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes I get to feel it. You know, I don't like to cry like that. But, let me, sir, uh, yeah, will you come? Oh, yep, you're it. Nobody behind you. God says, do you think it not strange? How I spared your life. How I saved your family. How I protected your wife. Is your wife here? Okay. Do you not understand what I have set you here to do? With much provision. I will use you. What the enemy tried to destroy, did I not give back? It says, now I'm going to show you how to attack. There is many lives that I'm going to use you to help change and point in the right direction. So understand, even from your past, what looked like rejection. We're just bringing you to a place that you would see my grace. But oh, it's about to change and now you'll start to see who I've really called you to be. One that will shepherd and one that can be trusted with what I put into your hand. For God says, I'm going to use you with many, many, many men. Ones that are broken and look like have walked away. God says, I'm going to put them into the place where you will start to speak and release a new grace. It belongs to you because you've experienced it and you know who I am. And I'm going to use you to demonstrate, not just with words, but with power. God says it belongs to you. And with the goodness of God, he will start to shower. The blessings that will come and the hearts that will turn. So trust me, your heart's going to begin to burn. It will get stronger. And it will come with a new grace. Because I'm calling you in to a new place. A place of intimacy that you have yet not known. But it's coming. He's calling you in. He's calling you in to the throne. To receive that grace. So that you can demonstrate it. And prove my face. The goodness of who I am 
you will show to others. It belongs to you. And I am giving it away freely through your life. So God says, set your feet. No more strife. No more trying to get it. You have my approval. I give you my name. So even where the enemy has come against you trying to bring that shame, he removes it today never to return. I'm setting you in this house. I'm setting you in this region. I am releasing and giving you a voice. For you see, son, you're my choice. So the enemy wanted to take you out. Oh, but I protected you. And everybody looked without a doubt. That had to be God. There's no way that could have happened. God was proving his goodness to you. And he's setting you in this place. So that you would demonstrate even that grace. So Father I release this over his life. And I thank you that even the testimony of your goodness. When he talks about it. It will release an anointing to touch people's lives. Even things that he's been through in his life where the enemy tried and attacked his identity. God, you've settled it. He's your son. But it will bring deliverance and it will bring freedom. So I release it in a new way tonight. And I bless him with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll save the rest for in the morning. Is that okay? Have a double feature? Is that all right? Let me pray over you right quick. Father, I thank you for the people tonight. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for this house, God. I thank you for what you've promised them and the things that you're doing. God, I thank you that when me and Sheila come here, it feels like family. You know, we go places and preach, and there's times we minister, but when we come here, God, it feels like family. And I know you've united our hearts together, and we thank you for the honor. We don't take it lightly to stand before this people and bless them and release your words over them. And so we just release everything that's in us. We release the blessings of the Lord. Hang on. I was almost done. Sorry. Mark, will you Kayla stand? I, I saw God turning some things around for you. Where you have been through this and it seemed like so much unknowing. Even when you felt at times pressure to make a decision. You knew that you couldn't make a decision. You knew you had to wait. And I saw you standing before a gate. And I saw where there was a lock. But God says, I put the key into your hand. And I'm giving you authority that did not come from man. I'm teaching you and training you how to unlock this gate and both of you walk through. Because I want to give you land I want to give you resource. I want to give you favor. Far beyond what you can now see. That's why what looks like denial. You have to trust me. It's better than what you can now see. Oh, it will come. It's already done. But God says, you got to choose to trust me and celebrate and know how to have fun. Even with each other. And then the time will come. God says, I have not changed my mind. I have not thought of another. It belongs to you. 
But what I am doing is much deeper because it involves two. So trust me. Know that I have spoken it and I will bring it to pass. So you don't have to keep. You don't have to keep asking. It's already yours and act like it's already done. Trust me. Trust me in this season. Trust me and have fun. It looks like others were getting their prayers answered and you have passed us by. But God says, you don't understand. I am going deep in you. I will guide you with my eye. It is so much bigger because it's not just for one nation. I'm going to use you and you will raise up many sons and daughters because I've called you to for a demonstration. A demonstration of my love and my goodness that cannot be contained and cannot be held. Trust me in this season. For I am doing something so deep and so big that in no way can there be treason. It cannot be broken and it cannot be stopped. So I am putting it on the inside of you with an authority. And an understanding of the greatness of who I have called you to be. So in this season, Hegel says, I will start to open your eyes where you can see. That's why the decisions between now and January 31st was a line that he has drawn from you. And you have passed those tests. It's almost at hand. So trust me, I don't break promises like man I watch over my word to perform it and bring it to pass so understand I'm going to do this have I not called you into gas have I not called those resources that look like God I don't understand how are you going to do it <laughs> God says trust me belongs to you and I will bring it forth so God I bless him and I release these resources God, I bless her, and I bless her womb. I thank you for your promises. And I say and decree they will come soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Nothing wrong with prophesying over your own spiritual daughters and sons, is it? Amen. Here you go. Praise the Lord. God is good. Sheila. Sheila. Sheila doesn't get to be with us tomorrow because she gets the joy of going to pick up shoes on. Josie. So. Well, I, I was looking at my phone, which is really rude. When you pretend it's your Bible, you know. But it never was my Bible. Um, I was looking on Facebook because my daughter just arrived. She's been in India for five and a half months. And it's, it's on the fourth ticket. And it's been a big fight to get her here because her visa was up. And she was stuck in Chennai. And so she just landed in Boston. And I, I just want to shout because she carries politics. And she carries government. And she carries authority. And God already told her who was going to be president. <laughs> And she said, Mom, I haven't wanted to say it because it's kind of scary to say that. But when we realized she could fly into Orlando or JFK in New York, 
um, and then Boston. So she just arrived in Boston, and I just put on Facebook really big that my daughter is on American soil, and she's there to ring the Liberty Bell. She's there to prophesy, and so um, we just appreciate you guys. It's such a, a joy to be here. We're going to get up at, we're kind of crazy. We drove two cars here, and it's six hours apparently, according to the Google map, to get to Dallas. So we're going to leave here at what time? Four-ish. <laughs> because I want to be the one to pick Josie up. So, but we, it's just, um, I know that God is, um, Darren was pretty calm tonight as he's talking and he's sharing. But this is such a deep group. Um, it's like there's been such a tilling, and a, a tilling of, of the soil. And I know God's planting some things really deep. Um, it's been even hell just trying to get here, hasn't it? About like an hour before we left, my one daughter had a wreck and hit a deer, and it landed on her, the hood of her car, and two huge dogs in the back of the truck. The German Shepherd jumps out and tries to finish off the deer, and the Great Dane and my daughter's little bitty, the Great Dane is still in the back of the truck, and she's holding the Great Dane, screaming, because this deer's flop, you know, flopping. And then a man comes with a gun and shoots the deer over and over. You know, so that happened an hour before we came. And then we just found out this morning that the, the, the truck couldn't be towed until the next morning. So somebody broke in the window and took her stereo and stuff, you know. And I'm like, boy, what does God want to deposit here? You know, we had a prophet that came in from England. He's from England. He lives in San Antonio now. But he began to speak over to us about... Um, our, our covenant relationships and the people that we're connected to in Oklahoma City. He kept saying, Oklahoma City, but I see further north, further north. God said further north. And I know that he was talking about you guys. He probably just, when he heard Woodward, he didn't think that was really a town. <laughs> so, you know, maybe he saw it on the map. And so we just um, appreciate and are just so honored to be in covenant with you guys and just to be here. And um, so why don't you guys just stand with me? And let's just put our hearts, just lift your hearts up. I want you just to imagine yourself. Just close your eyes. <laughs> and if you can see Jesus, awesome. But if, if you can see Father God, I just want you to imagine yourself cheek to cheek like Eric and Shelly were earlier. Can you see that? Just get really close until your cheek touches. Just imagine that. Can you see that? Now I want with Father God, and I want you just to allow him to draw you up off the earth. Just wrap your arms around him and just be cheek to cheek with Father. Can you guys see that? Just give me a little nod if you can imagine that. Okay, now I want you just to look back down on the earth and tell me how big any problem that you've ever dealt with is. <laughs> you're, you're in that place with Father, and you look down, and I can imagine even the splitting of the Red Sea was really no big deal. <laughs> Anything that Father would do on this little bitty earth was really no big deal because he's such a big, big daddy. And God, we just um, are just so amazed. You know, the enemy said, what is man that you are mindful of him? And God, we uh, know who we are without you, Father. And I thank you that you're showing us who we are, God, that you're unraveling the secrets of who we are with you and in you, Father. And God, um, it just, it's beyond our mind that we are your greatest desire. I want you to say, I am my Father's greatest desire. <laughs> it's me. Say, it's me. I'm his favorite. 
not according to my behavior, <laughs> but because I carry his DNA. Father, we're just in awe of you. God, I thank you. We don't have to earn anything. God, I thank you. When you glance in our eyes, you see your eyes. God, I thank you, God, that when we look at your smile, we know that it's our smile too, Father. God, I thank you that the people here, God, are being healed and restored and they're understanding your love like never before, God. God, we open our hearts up for change, God. God, we don't want to be uh, to know you out of the limitations of our mind and our emotions and our memories. And Father, you're doing this in us, God. Father, when you said over Jesus, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, he took those very words, the same words that created the heavens and the earth and the same words that created light and the same words that spoke everything into existence, said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus entered those words and he rested in those words and he walked out the rest of his life in those words. God, I thank you that you're pleased with us, God. God, I just pray over your people, your sons and your daughters, that they hear your voice and they hear your pleasure, God, that they see your smile and they sense your warmth, God. God, I break every religious spirit, God. I break every religious pattern, God, that would say that your voice is harsh, that your voice is judgmental, God. I break that off of their minds and off of their thinking and off of their memories, God. I thank you, Father, even as this harvest of young people come in, that you've raised up people in this place that don't operate out of um, that religious spirit that says God is harsh and he is mindful of your sin. But even the couple that, that you identified that this is going to pour out love on young people, God, I thank you that this is a body, God, that is ready and waiting with open arms, God, to give out the unconditional love that you placed in them. <laughs> God, it's just our honor and it's our pleasure, God. You're our greatest desire too, Father. I thank you for your goodness, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just want you to prepare a, an offering. Before you do, before you get your mind on that, if you, you know, as I was just standing there and Sheila was praying, God was just flashing back to me all the times that we spent with Darren and Sheila. Over the last 12 years, the times that we went wherever they were at, at Oklahoma City, at Church on the Rock, where we went to, to the camps and the words that were deposited into us, the, the times that Darren's prophesied over us, the times that, that they've been there to, to pray us through some, some difficult times in our lives, some hurts through ministry, some, some hurts with kids, some, they've been there with us. They've, they've been our friends. They've, they've spoken to our lives. And what they've deposited into us, we've deposited into you. And change has come about because of God in them. They were the ones that, that brought forth the, Sheila was like, spiritual slavery to spiritual sonship. We, we read that and it was like, oh my goodness, our, our world was, was turned upside down good. And culture of honor with Danny Silk and and Bethel Ministry and and so because of them seeking the face of God, I know they've touched a lot of lives, but they've touched ours, and then we've touched you and you've touched others. And the last two years, what what God has done with 
us just walking in at a different level of love has because of God in them depositing in us, depositing in you. So tonight, I, I just ask that you link with that covenant that we have with them and you sow seed into what God is doing in them and where he's taking them, what he's doing in them because we're all connected and they're our family and we love them and we honor them tonight. So just come up and give. We love you. We bless you. We'll see you tomorrow at 10.